All right. Well, does anybody know what we're studying on? Talking about faith. So let's go to Romans, the 10th chapter. And uh, we'll look at the 9th verse. Romans, the 10th chapter and the 9th verse says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, now, now watch this, with the heart one believes under righteousness. Now notice in this series, remember in this series we've been talking about faith. And faith and believe are the same thing, aren't they? The exact same thing. And... Uh, Sometimes the Greek word is translated faith. Sometimes it's translated believe. And notice with the heart, we've taught you where do you have to believe. You have to believe in your heart. So notice, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you hear the word of God. And then where is faith supposed to be generated? In your, in your heart. And notice what happens with the heart. One believes unto righteousness. But the verse doesn't stop there, does it? And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So, confession is important, isn't it? Let's read verse nine, <clears throat> 9 again. If you confess <clears throat> with your mouth. If you confess with your mouth. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. So there's a heart believing and a mouth confession. A heart believing and a mouth confession. Now, of course, this is in the most important context of all this is in the context of salvation but this this is how faith works in every area now wouldn't you agree the most important area is salvation right but but this is the process of faith in every area there's a believing in the heart and a confession with the mouth that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. So there's got to be a believing in the heart first. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So there needs to be both a believing and a a confession. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? Remember that? We, we went through that whole story of, of her, how she had an issue of blood for 12 years. She had suffered many things of many physicians, but all that she had was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. There, see, she heard of Jesus. She obviously believed in her heart. We know she was in faith because Jesus said later on in that story that it was her faith that tapped into the power of God. But So she heard, she believed in her heart, but she also, what, said something with her mouth. mouth. 
Notice in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13, says this, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13, and since we have the same spirit of faith. So we talked about the spirit of faith last week. Remember, the principles of faith are taught. A spirit of faith is caught. And we, we, we talked about that last week. But notice here, and since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I what? I, I what? I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. You see how speaking and confession is hooked to, to faith and to believing? And there is a faith's confession. And that's what I guess we'll talk about or how I would title this today. Faith's confession. There is a confession of faith. There is a confession of faith and it's vitally important to the subject of faith. Uh, We've taught you that one of the ways we release our faith is through confession. We we release our faith through what? Words and our actions. Words being confession. And uh, so it's just our words that we speak out of our mouth are are vitally important. And, And I'll tell you right now, if you get to believe in something in your heart and it comes out of your mouth, it will come to pass. Whether it's, whether it's in the positive arena or in the negative arena. Because it's a spiritual principle. You know what I mean when I say positive arena? Uh, we just read of, about a positive arena. That if we believe in our heart can, uh, that God's raised Jesus from the dead and confess with our mouth that He's Lord, it's a positive thing. We get what? We get saved. But, uh, you know, we're heading into flu season now as we get in deeper into the fall and into the winter. And you'll hear folks say, well, I'm probably going to get the flu again this year because I get it every year. Now, you see, that's working in a negative negative arena. And 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 the the interesting thing about this, and I've been doing this for a long time, quite some time of observing people for some 30 years. Remember, I have a hat at home that has an O on it. It stands for observer. I I like to observe. Now, my hat doesn't have a J on it, standing for judge. I don't want to judge people. But we can wear the O hat and observe people. And I've observed Christians for 30 some odd years. And I've observed Christians who have heard the kind of message that I'm teaching here today. And I've observed Christians hear this message again and 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 again. And then you'll listen to their words and we approach flu season. Well, we're heading into flu season and I get the flu every year. I'm probably going to get it again this year. Now you'd think somewhere along the line folks would grab a hold of this message and I heard Brother Hagen say he was talking to us uh, young ministers back years and years ago and he said you'll teach this message of faith to your congregation 
and you'll, you'll talk about faith's confession. And he said, you'll hope that they'll get it. And then he said, but most of them won't. So I want you to be not a part of the most that won't. Now, when we get on this subject of confession and words, a lot of people don't think that there's much to it. That, you know, what, what difference does it make what I say? But we have to understand that God made man in his class. Did you ever notice that uh, animals don't speak? Do they? Do they have the power of words? But we have the power of words. And God created everything with his, with his what? With his words, right? God said, God said, God said. Is that right? And, and he created us in his likeness and in his image to have dominion over this earth. And so the same principle uh, that God operates by with words applies to us. And our words are vitally important, important yet people still, after hearing messages like this, still just don't think that words are that important. Now, I will say this, because a lot of times folks will say, well, I've been saying such and such and such and such, and looks like it's, you know, things I've been saying aren't, aren't coming to pass or happening or whatever, but here's the thing, and here's the answer to that. What did I say just a moment ago? If you start believing something in your heart and it comes out of your mouth, spiritual law dictates and demands that that will, it will, in the process of time, come to pass. And, and we'll, we'll give you scripture on it. But, but uh, right here in my notes it says... Uh, Someone might say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But you, you know, nothing could be any further from the truth. Words are very important. Now, of course, we understand that one, one way of applying what I just read about sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. You can take your words and beat people up with your words almost worse than you could with a baseball bat. Is that right? But also in this area and arena of faith, you start believing stuff in your, uh, in your heart and it, and it starts coming out your mouth. If you're over in that negative arena, you can, you, you, you can, you can hurt yourself. I, I remember some 25 years ago, I know right where I was, Diane was with me, and I, 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 I believed something in my heart, and it, and, and I, and it just, it, 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 it and you got to be watchful of this, because I was, I was agitated, I was aggravated, but I believed, some, I believed something in my heart, and I declared it out of my mouth. And you know what? 25 years has come and gone, and I'm still, I'm still, and I'm not going to tell you what it was. I don't want to tell you what it was. But I'm still dealing with, I wish I hadn't have said that because it was in a negative arena. 
and it's hurt me for 25 years. I enacted spiritual principle. I heard the story. I didn't hear it firsthand, but I, I heard it. And so I'm just, I heard a good minister say it. So I don't know that this is 100% true, but, but the principle is true. That, that Elvis Presley said over and over and over. Y'all know who he is? His mother died, I think she was 46. And he died at 42. And, and apparently he had said, I'm going to die in my 40s. 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 Now I know there's a lot of other things that he did with, with prescription drugs and overworking himself and all of that that contributed. But he certainly, if that's true, he certainly had that spiritual principle working against him, didn't he? I heard Brother Hagin tell a story about a man that was, was on his deathbed and he, uh, Brother Hagin himself went in to pray for him. Do you all know who Brother Hagin is? You've, you've heard of him. Anyway, uh, but he went in to, to pray for this man and, uh, and he laid his hands on him and said, like some unseen power took his hand off. He laid his hands on again, so like some unseen power took his hand off. And as he sought the Lord, the Lord said to him, spiritual principle has been enacted and it cannot be changed at this time. And the man went on and died. And then Brother Hagin got to talking to some of the family members and whatnot. And uh, this man, as I recall the story, was, was like 29 years old that was on the deathbed. And he had, he had said again and again and again and again and again, he said, I'll never make it to my 30th birthday. You see, he enacted, you start believing something in your heart and it comes out your mouth, you enact spiritual principles, spiritual law, and it works just like if you went up on this roof and jumped off, guess what, that law of gravity is going to take effect, isn't it? Is that right? Let's talk about, just look at some verses here about the importance of words and then we'll look at this spiritual principle of words so you can see it in the Bible. Proverbs 18.21 Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. But the first part of that Death and life are in the power of the what? Of the tongue. I mean, you could just read that scripture and that, that tells you everything you need to know right there, doesn't it? It's a serious subject here. Proverbs 12.18, we'll read the last part of that verse, Proverbs 12.18 the tongue of the wise promotes health. So I, I believe the converse of that would be true. The tongue of the unwise produces sickness, which produces death. Right? Proverbs 13, 2. Proverbs 13, 2. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth or his lips. Proverbs twenty one twenty three. 
Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Uh Psalms 50, verse 23, I'm going to read this out of the King James. I usually use the New King James, but sometimes we look at some other versions. Psalms 50, 23, King James Version, the last part of that verse says, To him that ordereth his confession aright, I will show the salvation of God. So you can order your conversation aright, or you can order your conversation wrong. I remember in my life, I, I began to hear uh, a minister preach along these lines of the importance of our, our words and confession. And I remember uh, as a, I, I guess I was in my mid-teens when I began to hear the message of faith. And I was born again at a, at, at, at a, a much younger age, but, uh, but I hadn't heard the message of faith, you know the importance of, of, of living by faith and how faith operates and all that. I hadn't heard all, all the principles. I just knew enough that, you know, I believed on the Lord Jesus and, and, and received Him, confessed Him as my Lord. I was saved all right, but I hadn't heard. You know that, that so many Christians in the land have never heard really the message of faith? Now, I was raised in the Baptist church. I love the Baptists. Wonderful. Just love them to pieces. But I came out of the Baptist church, and they do not teach the message of, of, of faith. Did you know that? You don't see it in the Catholic church. You don't see it in many of the mainline denominational churches. But we need to know some things about it. The just shall live by faith. And I remember I got a hold of the message of faith. Um, Paul went around and he preached the word of faith, didn't he? Didn't he? You can't receive anything from God apart from faith. So I had heard about the importance of words and I used to have stomach cramps. Stomach cramps. Really, really bad. And I'd have to put the, I, I'd put the uh, heating pad on, and I remember putting that on, and, and that didn't really help. And about every couple weeks, I'd get real bad stomach cramps. And I heard the message of faith, and I heard the importance of words. And I got to thinking that, you know, I was going around saying, well, it's been a couple weeks since I've had stomach cramps. I'm due for some more. It's going to probably hit me here any day now. And, and, I, and, and just in what little I knew, I just, I just, I just stopped talking that, and, 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 and I, I stopped talking sickness and disease right there, and uh, began uh, ordering my confession aright, and in line, what does it mean to order your confession aright? Line it up with the Word of God. Speak in line with the Word of God. That's what it means to order your confession aright. Speak in line with the Word of God. And I made that adjustment, I made that change, and, uh, and, and the stomach cramps became less and less and less and less. And they disappeared and they haven't bothered me all these years. Isn't that wonderful? And, uh, and, and, and I, don't, I don't 
you know, I've goofed up in a lot of areas. Have you all goofed up in any areas in your life? But, but one area I've been pretty good with, pretty good with, uh, at, at least in the area of sickness and disease, I don't, I don't talk sickness and disease. Now, I don't have the, I, I, I get frustrated sometimes, and my wife will tell you, I, my confession, uh, you've got to watch my mouth a little bit sometimes, because you've you know, you got to really watch your mouth when you're frustrated and aggravated with things and circumstances. And, but in the area of sickness and disease, I have, uh, I, I've been pretty good with it. Now, I have, very, have had very little trouble with sickness and disease in my life. Uh, let me say this. You know cussing's bad, isn't it? Lying's bad, isn't it? There's many things we do with our mouth, slander, gossip. All those things are bad, aren't they? But when we begin to talk out of line with the Word of God, that's bad too, isn't it? And we need to understand that to begin to talk doubt and unbelief and poverty and lack... And, and all these things are, are, folks, listen, it's just as bad, I believe, in the ears of God as if we were to be cussing or uh, backbiting. Did you get what I just said? And, and, and you'll have Christians, because remember I have a hat with what's on it? And, oh, and I've watched Christians, they would never cuss anybody out. But they would turn right around and say, oh, it's flu season. Looks like the flu is going to come my way again. I keep using that flu, but it's a good example, isn't it? Or I just don't ever have enough. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I, I'm probably going to lose my job. I've lost the last three jobs I've had. I'm, you know, you pick on whatever you want. You know, it, I'm not going to have enough. I'm going to be sick. Those kinds of things. People, they would never cuss, cuss anybody out, but they'll talk doubt and unbelief. And what I'm trying to say to you is that I believe that both are just as ugly in the ears of God. The Bible says all that is not of faith is sin. You see what I'm saying? So we need to order our confession right. Look at Matthew 12, verse 34. Let's look at a few verses here. The Lord Jesus himself is talking about this. Matthew 12, verse 34. He, he says, brood of vipers. <laughs> wow. Now, I've never called anybody that. I've wanted to call some people that over the years, but, you know, he, he, he said some blunt things sometimes, didn't he? How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, that's, that's a major verse in the Bible right there. Out of the abundance of the mouth... The heart, no, let's get it right. I just said that to see if you're really listening. Out of the abundance of the what? Is it out of the abundance of the heart or the abundance of the mouth? Out of the abundance of the what? Heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you want to know what's in your heart, just listen to what's coming out of your mouth. Right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes or no? Yes. 
did the Lord Jesus, our Lord and Savior, did He Himself say that? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you want to know what's in your heart, just start listening to what's coming out of your mouth. A good man, verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Or we could say speaks forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth or speaks forth evil things. Now look at verse 36. <laughs> Major verse here in the Bible. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, men or women may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. That's serious stuff right there. And that word idle means inoperative or non-working. Every inoperative or non-working word, every idle word. That we speak, we will give account of it in the day of judgment. Everything that comes out of our mouth, we're going to have to give account of it to God in the day of judgment. That's very sobering, isn't it? Very sobering. Very sobering. Very sobering. Every, let's read it again. For every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. And then look at verse 37, a major, major verse. For by your words you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Is this an important subject or not? Vital, vital, vitally important. I found that God will judge you and me a lot of times by the words that have come out of our mouth. Have you ever been judgmental of somebody and you've said some things about them that that same situation will come your way eventually and God will deal with you the same way you dealt with that person. Our words are important. Yes or no? I'm going, going a little slow here. I want you to get it. Is it okay if I go a little slow here? I want you to get it. I want you to get it. Hey, uh, let's go to James 3. Let's just read some verses here. James has some things to say about words. James 3. I'm going to just read these verses. Ten verses. Listen to, listen to these. James 3, verse 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that you'll receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, in words. See that? If anyone stumble not in word, he's a perfect, or that means a complete, mature person, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder 
wherever the pilot desires. Think about that. The little rudder governs that big ship, where it's going to go or where it's not going to go. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. How did that big forest fire start? Did it start as a big forest fire or did it start as a little spark? A little spark. Have you ever gotten a big massive argument with your spouse or with somebody and you trace it back and it was just the little wrong word in the wrong place, set in the wrong, huh? Or just a little word here, a phrase here can get you in big trouble, can't it? We need to watch our words. Notice verse 6, and the, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile, creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. And that's true. It's the Bible. We can't do it. We need the help of God, the help of the Holy Spirit. We can't do it, but with His help, we can He says that a tongue is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. You know that's the truth. For with it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men. We ought to stop and think about that one for a minute. For with our tongue we bless God the Father, and with that same tongue, we curse men and are judgmental of men and t- men and women talk bad about folk and so forth. The same people who have been made in the likeness, some, some multitude or likeness of God. Aren't we made in the likeness of God? Yeah. Have you ever seen somebody, oh Lord, I bless you, I praise you, I give you honor and glory and they'll turn right around and talk badly about somebody or Out of the same mouth, look at this, verse 10. Proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Can you say amen to that? You see how important the tongue is? Oh, and by the way, remember when we were over in Proverbs a while ago and I read you some verses about how important the tongue is and our words? Those are just a sampling. The Bible, we could go on and on and on and on. I just gave you a few, highlighted a few. The Bible has so much to say about words. Now with that in mind, let's go to Mark 11. Verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. Have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. Now, the Bible reads, have faith in God, but you study into the Greek original text of that, it actually says, have the God kind of faith. Are we, are we made in God's class, created in His class? So, so the Bible says to have the God kind of faith. Yes or no? So remember that. 
Now look at verse 23. Jesus says, Assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, do we have words here? Says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt, where? In his heart. But what? But believes. And where is that believing taking place? In the But believes in his heart that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. That is scriptural. That is scriptural law, spiritual law. I should have said spiritual law. It's scripture. Jesus, our Lord, said it. God himself said it. It's spiritual law, friends. Right there it is. We need to read that again. Let's read it again. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. See that? But believes, and the implication there, believes in his heart that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. That's it. I mean, I mean, you know, we, a lot of times people that teach messages like I'm teaching here today will be accused of, well, you're a name it and claim it preacher, or you're a blab it and grab it preacher, or you're a, you know, and and where did where, who said who said what we just read here? Is that read in your Bible? Yes. Jesus said that. Let's read it again. He, he says, uh, Assuredly I say to you, whoever says, see, here's how the God kind of faith works here. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes, where does he believe? In his heart, that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And that works in a positive arena or in a negative. negative arena. It's a spiritual, scriptural principle that came forth across the lips of our Lord Jesus Christ himself. And it's a principle and there's no getting around it. Can't be broken. It's, as sure, it's more sure than the law of gravity. You understand that? Now... Are we created in God's class? Are we supposed to have the God kind of faith? And the God kind of faith will say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Is that, that's how God operates? And then along the same line here, let's go to Romans 4.17. Romans 4.17 is a vital verse on this. This is how God talks. This is how he operates. Now you start acting like God and people are going to start thinking you're crazy. Because God, listen to this, God is love but he operates by faith. And what do we teach you? Everything in the world goes just backwards to the way God runs things. Yes or no? So you start acting like God, the world's going to think you're crazy. Is that, is that correct? 
Absolutely. Particularly when we read this next verse here. He's talking to Abraham and he says, I've made you the father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead. And watch this. What does God do? He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. He calls those, notice call, speaks, words. Calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now you start living like this and the world's going to think you're crazy and most Christians are going to think you're crazy. Absolute, absolute truth. Particularly Christians that have never heard the, the message of, of faith. God calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Think about Abraham. Before his name was Abraham, his name was Abram. Right? But God, remember Abraham, but before Abraham, his name was what? Abram. Right? Abram. Abram. And he had no children with his wife. Correct? And his wife was barren and she couldn't have children anyway. And now he's 100 and she's 90 and all of that. Up in years, past age bearing and all that. Childbearing age. And so God, and we, I could talk for hours how God cut the covenant with him. And we'll just look at this one part of it. God changes his name. God starts calling him something different. Instead of Abram, God starts calling him Abraham, which means the father of a multitude or the father of many nations. So God is calling this man who is, you know, 100 years old, his wife's 90, and they couldn't have children when, when they were young, and now they're old, and God starts calling him the father of many nations. Now, don't you think that's grounds for people in the world to start saying, hey, God, this is, this is crazy? Yes or no? Yes. It's absolute, absolutely. If you look at it in the natural, how could a man that's 100, woman's 90, and she couldn't have children when she's barren? To the natural, it looks crazy. But you know, God doesn't care how it looks to the world. He's God. And I want to flow with him. And he starts calling Abram, he calls him Abraham, which means the father of many nations, the father of a multitude. See, in the natural, that's crazy, but not if you're living by faith. So he starts calling him the father of many nations, the father of many nations, the father of many nations. What's he doing? He's calling something that does not exist as though it did or does. You see that? Calls those things that be not as though they are. That's how the King James says it. Call those, calls those things that be not. We ought to call those things that be not as though they are. So if you have a situation in your life that it's not the way you want it, you start calling, call those things that be not as though they are. You okay? Did you get that or not? The New American Standard Bible says it this way, 
said, says God calls into being that which does not exist. But I like the way the King James says it the best. He calls those things which be not as though they were. Now again, you start living like this, most people are going to think you're crazy, but I want to live in line with God. We call those things which be not as though they were. Read my notes here. Faith does not call things that are as though they are not. You got a stack of bills on your desk. I don't have any bills. 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 Well, that's a lie. You do have bills. Do you have bills or not if you have them stacked that high? Do you have them or not? See, faith doesn't deny the problem. Faith deals with the problem. Faith doesn't deny that the giant is there. Faith deals with the giant. Faith kills the giant. If you've got a stack of bills, you don't... Well, I don't have any bills. I don't have, see, people have understood this faith message. I don't have any... It's not denial. What do you need? You need money. You start calling the money in. I said you start calling the money in. People start looking at me funny when I say that. Now, I have to say... Right there, I have to say some things that need to be said right there that usually don't get said. You need to work hard. You need to be a budgeter. Have a budget. Right? Come on now, there's a natural side to life and a supernatural side. Look at the book of Proverbs. You see spiritual side to blessing and a natural side. Call the money in. Okay, yeah, call it in. Are you working hard? Do you, you know, have you done everything to find a good job and get a good job and work hard? Are you budgeting? Now, if, if you've got a stack of bills there that high because you've misused your credit card, see, we've got some other things. You, you're, not, you're not really set up to call money in. We've got other problems we've got to deal with. We've got to cut that credit card up. Come on now. See, you don't hear this side of This is why the faith message has gotten such a, such a bad rap because preachers a lot of times, and I'm not being judgmental, but I've, I've listened over the years. What, what do I have on my hat? Oh, Call the money in, call the money in. Well, you, before you can call the money in, you've got to do some things. Have you done everything you know to do to stand? Have you done all the stand, stand there for? Have you, have, you, have, you got it, have you done everything to get a good job? Are you budgeting? Is it a credit card problem? Cut the credit card up. You see what I'm saying? If you've got a stack of bills that high from credit card misuse, you don't, you don't need money. You need somebody to come at your credit card with a scissors. Yes or no? Just like Lovey Howell came at Gilligan when he grew his hair out too long or whatever with the scissors. They're not going to understand Gilligan's Island. So let's... No, it wasn't. He didn't, she didn't come after Gilligan. She came... There was, some, there was some... You know Gilligan's Island? 
and there were some people came to the island. They were like the Beatles, and they had long hair. And Mrs. Howell, she didn't like that long hair, so she took a scissors and was going to try to cut their hair. Now, are you with you? Follow that? So some people need Mrs. Howell, Lovey, I like her name, Lovey Howell, to come at their credit card with her what? With her scissors. But if you've, if you've done everything you know to get a good job and you've budgeted and, and you've got your spending under control and you're a tither and a giver and all these things, did you see what I just said? Tither and a giver, huh? You're supporting the work of God. Remember there, the book of Philippians, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But that was to a church, the only church that supported Paul's ministry. So if you're not supporting the work of God, you can't believe God to supply all your needs. Do you understand that? The, prince, the, the promise doesn't apply to you. But let's say you've done all that. And, 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 and can life deal you some nasty blows? And you're standing there with a stack of bills? Or something comes up, you know, you start calling the money in. You, you get before God, believe God for the money, and, and call it in. I like what Brother Hagin says. He'd, he'd speak to the angels in the name of Jesus and tell them to go out and bring the money in. You start, you start to, talking to, like this in front of most people, they're going to think you're crazy until the money starts showing up. How do you think we paid this place off? It took us uh, seven years. It should have taken us 20. We paid it off in seven. How do you think we did it? We called the money in. Glory to God. I didn't get up here and beg you for money in private times where nobody knew what I was doing. I was thanking God, calling the money in. Money just flowed in. Isn't that, you see what I'm saying? Are you okay? Are you all right? You got a spirit of faith about you or not? And you call those things that be not. You got sickness in your body. Start calling your body well. Start calling it well. Now, again, see, you operate in conjunction with good hospitals, good doctors, good medicines. You, you know, you, there's that side of it, that we're all for that. But from the from the, that's from the natural side. The spiritual side, you start calling your body, start calling your body, instead of calling yourself sick all the time, call yourself well. See, Listen, listen to this. Faith does not call things that are as though they are not. Faith calls things that are not as though they are. So if sickness has hit your body, you don't stand there and say, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. See, if you do that, what you're doing is you're calling things that are as though they are not. Faith calls things that are, that are not as though they are. So you don't stand there and say, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. What you do is you stand there and you say, by Jesus stripes, I am healed. Praise God. If there's weakness in your body, you don't stand there and say, you don't stand there and say, 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 I'm not weak, I'm not weak, I'm not weak, I'm not weak, I'm not weak. If you're weak in your body, you don't stand there and say, I'm not weak. That's, that's calling things that are as though they are not. Faith calls things that are not as though they are. The Bible says in Joel 3.10, let the weak say, I am strong. See, what are you doing? You're calling those things that be not as though they were. Let the weak say, I'm what? Let the weak say, start calling yourself strong. Start calling yourself well. It takes just as much effort to call yourself sick as it does well. Call yourself healed. Spend your time, your effort in the right arena. You okay? You okay? We're great. We're blessed. We're prosperous. We're to be envied. Amen. We've got more coming in than what's going out. 
that right? We're healed on every side. We're provided for on every side. You with me? Did you get anything out of this? Did this help you at all? Faith calls those things which be not as though they as though they are. Say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. You okay? Remember where we read in James, where no man can tame the tongue? Let me leave you with this verse, Psalms 141, verse 3 in the King James Version. This will help you. Because you see, you can't tame your tongue yourself. You need God to help you. Psalm 141, verse 3, King James Version. The psalmist asks the Lord. He says, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth and keep the door of my lips. So you ask the Lord to set a watch over your mouth and keep the door of your lips. Let's, let's, let's just, just right there where you're sitting there, let's just, let's just, just close your eyes and just... If you if now now if you don't want God to put a watch, then just just sit there and don't don't pray this. But if you want God to set a watch, just say, Heavenly Father, I ask you to set a watch before my mouth and keep the door of my lips. And if I go to speak out of line with your word. Give me a check in my spirit and on my mouth and I'll obey that check. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. There you go. It was worth coming to church just to get that. Hey, hey, ushers, pass the communion out. We need to receive communion. Just take a few moments today. I, I normally, what I like to do when we receive communion is I like to take the whole service and talk about communion and receive it. But I'm in the middle of a faith series.